This episode of The Fleabag Situation is brought to you by Pepperidge Farm Double Chocolate Milano Cookies. Milano, from the Italian for, ah, fuck it, I'm eating the whole bag. Father, Father, we have a cupcake situation over here. Okay, Palmer, we'll be there to cupcake. Hey, Allie. Hey, Chrissy. Oh, my God, we just watched the SpaceX launch. Yeah, we just saw a rocket ship launch from American soil with, with humans inside for the first time in nine years. That happened like 20 minutes ago. We actually had forgotten about it as we were starting to record. And then we were like, oh, wait, we need to go see this. Yeah. And um, it was pretty incredible. I it actually was cool. teared up and got chills. It's cool because I just keep thinking in 20 years, we'll be like, remember when we saw the first one and like now we're on it? <laughs> You know, like it's the start of yeah. a new era. So it's cool to recognize that. Well, and it was also fun just now to watch it kind of through Archie's eyes because he, you know, we, we actually just got a Roku and it has like a NASA channel. So we were just watching it through that. Oh. And he was just literally during the countdown. He's like, I'm so excited. Oh, that's so And cute. then just to see and to be like, oh yeah, that's the earth below them. They are in space now. And like just that initial takeoff, I really got chills and like teared up because I was just like, it, well, and I, especially coming off of last night and everything that's been I, going on this week. I was going to say it's like, it's straight it, up 1968. Again. Exactly. So that's exactly what I told that. We're Alex. shooting we're launch, rockets into the air yes. and also, you know, there's rioting happening and racial yeah. unrest and the pandemic's an added bonus. Oh, good. But it, well, I said it's, I mean, that kind of segues, you know, cause we obviously are going to talk in, you know, on this particular podcast in like depth of detail about what's going on in the U S right now, but just last night it needs to be was, addressed a little. It just happened. I mean, we and we're in Atlanta, and and some of it happened in Atlanta. And I mean, obviously, like we're two white girls, we're not going to solve the racial crisis right now. But no, or ever, or ever, like but our voices we can are actively, not the ones. But we can actively be anti-racist. Yes, in that, and I that's think. a lot of what I'm taking from this is like I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to unlearn. Yes. And um, it's, what's incredible too, is what a cycle these things are on, because I'm also having flashbacks to 1992 mm. when you were three years old. Yeah. And so you're having flashbacks to when you were <laughs> learning how object permanence works. <laughs> I am learning. No, I mean, 92 was when you had like Rodney King and right. the LA riots. And it's just the cycle and the beats are so much the same. And it really just starts to feel like how do we ever get out of this? You know? it, it, there's definitely a sense of desperate. That's why I think just this launch just now was really nice because I'd been just feeling totally. the last few days, just this desperation of like, how is this ever going to change? I personally felt really proud regardless, you know, separate of what was actually happening in the city. I was really proud to live in Atlanta last night, watching the press conference with yeah. the mayor and, and Killer Killer Mike, Mike yeah. and Bernice King and Killer Mike. If anybody doesn't know him, look up his, Activist. I actually don't know he's his a, music. He, he, I don't either, but I just know he, he's so effective and he's done really amazing things for the city. And yeah. And I mean, they basically had assembled a bunch of people saying that, you know, looting and rioting is not the answer to this. And that if you want a peaceful protest, go home because this is no longer a peaceful protest. Yeah. And that burning down, the way Killer Mike kept saying is burning down your own home is not going to hurt your enemy. Right. And now's the time to fortify and make a plan and plot. And th what I love when he was like, here's what you need to do. Go home, get your laptop, fill out your census. Yes. Tell them where you are. Tell them you're here. 
you know, go in and vote. Like it was just, um, he's yeah. just really fucking smart. And I just love him a lot. I do too. No, I mean, so, it was, yeah. And like Mayor Bottoms. Yeah. I thought state, she came really, really strong. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's straight up, you, we saw the police harassing peaceful protest. Like there's just. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, um, we know that's not why you're listening to no. this, but we, it's on our minds and we, <laughs> yeah. um, we feel like we need to talk about it. I will say that, um, I think that's another thing with watching the SpaceX launch is that it was kind of just refreshing to see people who are good at their jobs yes. and knew what they were doing and have, and have a plan and it worked. Yes. <laughs> and like some people was even saying, cause especially those of us in like the challenger generation mm. and actually, you know, Columbia more recently, every space launch now, that's all you think about. Well, the minute, the, the few seconds when it takes off and then it's, it's not quite through the earth's, like yeah you're just like oh my god okay please well please just even when they even when it's far away and they cut to that kind of blurry image because it's so far you know whatever yeah. i immediately go back to that challenger image of you just see and then i can't the imagine and like and and so every launch now you're just afraid <laughs> that that's going to happen yeah and so alan and i were like we we can't we physically <laughs> as a nation <laughs> i cannot know. bear if this doesn't go right so um, what a relief that it did. And yeah. so incredible that the, I, I was just, I was like, Elon Musk is a complete lunatic, but holy shit, this is he, impressive. He got it done. He got it done. I mean, he and hundreds and oh, thousands absolutely. of and engineers, but even the, the technology in their capsule. And it's like, like, I was like, yeah. we, we got to the moon on like tinfoil and duct tape. <laughs> I don't know how we did it. So this really? is really exciting. Yeah, the um, touch screen. I mean, we're just... We're closer to the Jetsons than we've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> we just need the food that comes in a pill. I would and, like, and the little robot that flies and around the robot. And helps you. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like I constantly go back and forth between like, I need to be engaged. I need to be involved. I need to watch the news. And then simultaneously being like, I need to cut myself off. I need to crawl into a hole. Ugh. I need to just sit here and jump back into my fantasy world on TV and online. And um, so I guess that's kind of what we're going to do here. We're going to, you know, yes. give ourselves and give everyone a little mental break where we dive back into the world of Fleabag. And honestly, yes. Allie, it's just fun to have a smart, fun conversation with somebody I'm with you. like you. I'm with you. Do you know um, anybody I could do that with? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the last thing I'll say is what makes me feel better and like I have some semblance of control is just, and because I am in a very fortunate position to be able to do this, donating heavily to funds to help the people pay bail who were arrested yeah. to joy george floyd's family to everybody's fa- you know yeah like just if you have the financial resources which i know a lot of people don't right now just check yourself and mm-hmm. do what it 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 feels a little better <laughs> yeah i've noticed too a lot of law offices are offering pro bono support mm-hmm. and um yeah so uh there is in and, and all of these and already i saw today there were like people out cleaning up atlanta and cleaning up the city and there's always good that you know the, yeah. the good shows itself yes as, as much as the bad so um yeah so anyway so you said you watched uh you saw olivia coleman in a movie i let's so just radically change let's, course let's just do it whatever last night um I watched Hot Fuzz for the first time, mm. which I feel kind of 
embarrassed about because it's so it's clearly such an epically phenomenal movie um I think I thought I'd I just like thought I'd seen it I don't know so it was yeah it was fucking excellent that's Simon Pegg right it's Simon Pegg yeah yeah um it was like after Shaun of the Dead and yeah it's part um, of the is it the Cornetto trilogy is that what it is I don't know that answer do you know that there's they all eat this like ice cream cone called court it's cornetto i think is what it's called there is ice cream in it there is an ice cream cone. yeah so all three Ooh. there it's that Shaun of the dead and world's end oh that's i'll have a scene where they're eating um a cornetto so it's called what the cornetto trilogy what a random thing yeah um, sorry that's in my brain no i like that stuff i love i don't know if you know this but i enjoy dissecting and finding little, <laughs> little treats in uh in movies and, and TV shows. Um, no, it was it was lovely. It was really fucking funny and really well done. And Olivia Coleman is such a silly character. She also looks the exact same and it was 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, it was magical. just really, it was just really fun. It was just a good, if you want like a good solid watch. I mean, ironically, it's about the cops, but it's- Yeah. Well, somebody was talking about, cause in um, Shaun of the Dead, the joke is that their plan was to just go to the bar and wait for this all, have a pint and wait for this all to blow over. <laughs> right. And someone was saying in Wisconsin when they opened up all the bars, <gasps> someone's like, oh my God, our plan is literally to go, <laughs> go to the bar and have a pint and wait for this to blow over. Oh God. Um, you do what you got to do. Yeah, I I saw that. I didn't get to see it yet because I guess Olivia Coleman did like an Instagram live thing for some charity. Oh. And oh. they said she is not very social media present at all. And like, this was like the first time she's ever done something like that. And it just looked, just the clips of it and her expressions looked very entertaining. And she just, and they kept saying how delightful she was on that last Q&A. Uh -huh. So oh, it makes yeah. total sense. That, like, I guess she and Ray are like BF at Ray Holman are, are friends. And that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. now I just want to go have tea with them every day. Oh, yes, please. I've, oh, oh, do you have something else? No, go ahead. I have a little surprise for you. Oh, again? It's this not has been good. surprising me, you guys. Little things. Anyway, <laughs> I sent her some flowers. Some um, I watched Crashing. Yay! Happy birthday! <laughs> yes. Eight weeks later. Eight happy weeks. birthday. Ha and? It's great. I, here's the thing. It was actually better than I expected because I had heard some mixed things. I heard some people being like, and I don't know if it's because they're trying to, like, at some point we have to stop comparing everything to Fleabag I know. that these people make. And, and so... I, I think maybe some people had compared it to that and they were like, oh, I just thought it wasn't as good. It's like, well, in a way it's like, of course not. This was like her first time making a show. She probably learned a shit ton while she yeah. made it. Yeah. But maybe because my, the bar had been set a little low, I really enjoyed it. I did think, I feel like it started stronger than it ended. And I mean, that said, I definitely would have watched a season two if it had yeah. come back. Me too. Also fun to see some of the Fleabag preludes in it. Yes. And like, I mean, there it, are some clear character, like, like Kate I, is Claire. Exactly. Kate and is early even, Claire. Like, um, Melanie is godmother. <laughs> she's just a good godmother. The painter. You're right. She's like, I forgot about that. And she's, I French, love her. She's kind of she, funny. I know. She's my favorite. Oh, uh, I said the, the one well, then the guy's name is Anthony, Anthony. <laughs> oh, that's true. right. The boyfriend. Right. And he looked, he, to me, I said, looks like a more average looking Ben Aldridge. Oh my like, God, if you told totally me that was Ben Aldridge's does. little brother, I might believe it. Somebody else pointed out he's also an Irish love interest. This is true. Um, there's That's even a scene where she farts next to someone and, like, grosses them out. Yeah, it's a whole... Oh, they're just little yeah. moments. Yeah. 
Um, there's an there's orgasm of, joke. Like there's a lot so, of similarities. And here's what's so funny. The other kind of, um, I actually do want to watch it again to kind of look at those similarities more closely. And also because it's funny. Yeah. It, what struck me is to realize how timeless Fleabag feels and how it almost doesn't exist in a time period because I watched Crashing going, oh, it's funny to see Phoebe in like a modern show, which is so silly because Fleabag, of course, is a, like takes place in modern current, you know, yeah, present day. But because and has you like don't... the the life of a modern woman, too. yeah, like yeah. But you don't see all those like elements of like modern technology. Well, I mean, we, we see her computer and like a little stuff like that. But, but I don't know. There's something about it that's so razor focused, just on the character. Yeah. That you almost don't feel the time frame. So to watch Crashing, I was almost like, oh, this feels like. It also is more like a traditional sitcom a little yes. bit. Well, it's like so, it's just, it's so location based too. Very lo- like, yeah yeah. Yeah, I'm just a little quippier and a little um, looser, you know, but... Like, they're in their early 20s. It's like, you can tell. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, I just kind of, that kind of struck me to be like, why am I saying, oh, look at her in, like, a normal role? It's like, it's so (laughs) fleabag, technically. I don't know know if I'm articulating that well, but... So I enjoy it. I get it. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you watched it. Yeah. And what was nice is because it's seamless fleabag. It's so short. In fact, it's even shorter. It's only three hours. I basically watched it while I did my paint by number. Oh, hell yeah. Which is my new, also my new mental calming. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Anyway. So. Anyway. You're welcome. Yay! And then we just started Killing Eve. Oh, right. So we're just diving all in. And we just, we just started season two and the guy who played the older, oh, that's another thing in Crashing the, um, I forget the character's name, but the older guy who the French woman paints. Oh, yes. He's kind of a dad type, that kind of older, you know. Yep. I think I wrote a note. I have like a note on my phone with all this stuff. I need to like. Well, yeah, we might have that. to do a separate. I think we should do an episode at some point. Just on crashing. Yeah. Or just on their other projects and stuff. Yeah. But, but then immediately in Killing Eve, that guy showed up as a, as a bad guy. Oh. So it was just funny to be like, wait a minute. That's, I literally just saw that dude. Oh, that's funny. I think I missed that. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. I love that you went through. It took you like a year to just go through all this Andrew stuff obsessively. And yeah. now you're like, oh, the Phoebe stuff. Whereas I did all the Phoebe stuff first. <laughs> and now I slowly like do some Andrew stuff. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we've crossed on the trajectories <laughs> right. of our graph. But anyway, so speaking good. of Phoebe. Speaking of Phoebe. So Jonathan Paul Green, the production designer, um, had, did a Zoom webinar for the British Film Designers Guild. And about the production design of Fleabag. And so it was him, Joanna King, who was the art director, Lucy Gardetto, who was the set decorator, and then somebody named Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Who? Also joined. Totally delightful. I have not watched it yet, which is actually ridiculous. Um, maybe I'll watch it this evening. But, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited. And everybody on the Facebook group has like just said it was totally delightful. I really recommend it. And I think it was also re- almost refreshing to see Phoebe to get really just see her talk about the nuts and bolts of making the show yeah. with people she knows like it wasn't like oh my god so fleabag what a what a whirlwind you know like or like questions just... about like plot choices and characters and stuff it was yeah <laughs> yeah that would come from us um, <laughs> but no it was just like really brass kind of more brass tacks and also just hear her learning about that team and and talking about how impressed she was with the work that they did and yeah. talking a little bit about the story he told us when, when we interviewed him about how in season two, the cafe location was not available because they were doing a renovation inside. 
And then at one point they talked about having all the cafe scenes take place outside. <laughs> that it was so busy, she always was outside. Oh. And they were, and then it was like, well, that's not really going to work. And they, and Phoebe said, like, as soon as she was told she couldn't have it, all she could think about was that she wanted it. And then, then kind of like he told us, he went he in really and saw that. just like us. Well, he went in and saw that it had, it was just stripped. Like they hadn't started the renovation yet. They just stripped it. And he's like, well, I could put some fake walls up. And they didn't tell her. And I guess he's like, I can't believe nobody told you. And she said, well, I think maybe they, Harry was worried if it didn't happen, I'd get my hopes up. Oh. So instead, that's why she was so emotional when they walked in. And she was like, oh my God, I can't believe, because he said, we have a corner of the cafe that we can use. And this is what was really, really interesting, because he said, basically, he showed pictures when you watch it, where, it, and I had never caught this when you see, because, you know, in season one, you see Martin's over by the sandwich case or whatever, and then you see her in the kit, in the back and whatever. You never see that in season two. All the shots are from the, are just the front half of the cafe. Yeah. And it's because that's all they built. Like, and he showed the shot, like, if you're looking from the windows, it's just a disaster zone. Oh, my and God. And so, they, so he literally just built up to where the, the um, guinea pig hutch is. And all, the, and he said, and then even, they kind of tricked it where, when she's talking to Joe on Chatty Wednesday, and they shot from behind, so looking out, and you see towards the windows, and it right. looks, it makes the space feel very busy and, like, big but it was really just that front half. So that, that was really fascinating. Yeah, because he didn't really, he told us, he didn't really explain that she didn't know, or I, I mean, I just don't remember. But I, I didn't think he told us she didn't know it was happening at all. I don't remember that either. I just remember him saying that she did walk in and was like emotional. Yeah. She couldn't believe what they had pulled off. And, and she even said, she goes, Harry told me, I don't know how they did it. Wow. And she said she was just so impressed. And she goes, and, and also you guys were doing that while you were doing everything else. Yeah. So she was so blown away. Wow. And then um people good at their job. Again, thank you. People God. that are just competent, amazing, talented humans. And he was asking her about like when you write a scene, do you visualize it in your head? Do you see it? Or do you kind of leave that, you know, and she said it because he said I've worked with different writers who some don't even think about it, some have a very particular point of view. And she seemed kind of mixed. And then at one point she was even talking about how she just feels insecure about her writing. And she said all this, you know, every script I'd be like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. And he was like, I can't even believe you think that because <laughs> like the first draft what? was incredible. Yeah. And, um, but then she was also funny because she said, I, I'm also, it taught me that when I write, I should think more about being more clear about what I'm picturing. If I do picture something, because like she just described the bathroom in season two at the restaurant they kept saying posh bathroom. That's all mm -hmm. it said. And in the scriptures, it says cool bathroom. So I don't know if they changed it for us or I don't know for the scriptures, but we know mm -hmm. what posh means. It's not like a yeah. British term anyway, but she goes, all I literally wrote was like only, yeah. interior posh bathroom. That's all you guys had to work from. And somehow when I walked oh in, God. it was exactly what, what I pictured. And then she talked about that the Fox conversation at the church in episode three that in her mind, she had pictured the two of them sitting on like a step, like a oh. front step. And, but she goes, I never said that. It's not in the script. So she goes, I showed up on the set. I'm like, where's the step that I never told you <laughs> oh about? Oh my God. Like, didn't you just know? <laughs> yeah. That I've never made said out loud. So, and then she goes, but then it ended up like being perfect. And so, um, yeah. and then she even said, they were talking about that the art directors, sometimes we, you know, they'll introduce things to the set. And that she said that ended up sparking an idea like at the fate 
which she said that church was so small and they didn't have that many extras. And she said they really had to do a lot of trickery to make it look Mm. like it was a big party. Cause she she kept thinking like, this is gonna be the saddest fate ever. There's like nobody here. And so, which must be why they called in like all these family members. Cause we kept hearing that like yeah. Jenny Robbins' kids were in it or like her niece or, and then like Jenny, or Jenny, um, Ray, Jenny Rainsford's Rainsford. niece. Yeah. And so. Um, oh, that's funny. But I guess she said in the, um, <laughs> the art director, they just set up that coconut shy. They just put that in as part of the set. And when Phoebe saw that, that's what had her add the line about <gasps> Susie going to count the coconuts. And then also him coming and asking her for the coconut back. Oh, wow. So she said that just happened spontaneously because of what they put on the set. Oh, cool. Oh, I need to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. And there's some good stuff about like hot misogynist office. Oh. And it made you realize, and they even said this, and and I think Jonathan told us this, there's so so much that they do that you never see because either it literally is not on camera or you're just paying attention to the actors. Mm -hmm. You don't look and go, oh my God, he's got two statues of like cowboys on horses or whatever, you know. (laughs) But then it somehow seeps in and you just know it fits, so. Yeah, yeah, like what Ray was talking about with Claire's like matching shoes and purse exactly. and the wedding scene and stuff and you just like don't even know. Yeah. Oh, fun. So it's really fun. And w- the way you can find it is go on YouTube. We linked to it from our Facebook group. Jonathan posted it. But then also just go to YouTube and look up the British Film Designers Guild and it's on their page. So Thank Phoebe's you. there for like the first 40 minutes of the conversation and then. And then it's the three of them. So it's, it's really fascinating. I loved it. Awesome. And meanwhile, Jonathan is working on another Zoom Q&A for our Facebook group. Yes. With Gary Dahlner, the editor, of, yes. um, uh, Emmy award-winning editor. If you want to hear more from him before that Q&A or just in general, you can go on um, to any your favorite podcast platform and listen to our interview with him. I don't remember what episode oh, yeah. it is. The Jonathan one? Oh, uh, no, the Gary Donner one. Oh, there's, right, with Jonathan and Gary. Yeah, I But, well, and also, I was going to say, if you want to join that Zoom Q&A, oh, join yes. our Facebook group, just go on Facebook and look up the Fleabag situation, and then you'll find us. And yes. there's, a, I will say, I'm now uh, requiring that entry question. Yeah, so we, we have an entry question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, there, so there's an entry question to like, just make sure there's no bots or trolls that come in because right. we like, it's a really lovely community and we want to keep it that way. But it's literally just like, why do you like Fleabag or something? Yeah. What does Fleabag mean to you? Which some oh, people are like, oh my God, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. And yeah, it is just a, a, a quick way, but we, yeah. I had, don't I'd let been it a little intimidate loose. you. Don't let it intimidate you. I had been a little loose with it before, but now what's also happening is I don't know if you saw BBC is shutting down the official group. Yes. So I think a lot of people are just searching for new groups and coming over. So just because we're getting kind of that big influx, I kind of want to make sure we're getting people, real people, you know what I mean? So don't, you don't have to write an essay. You can just say, you know, you, if it's, see, if it's a logical answer, we'll let you in. (laughs) We just want to make sure you're a real person who likes feedback. (laughs) Who understands, right. And honestly, there are some that aren't even written in English and I go ahead and do it. Just because like, you at least stopped and wrote something. Yeah, and because, um, like, cool, let's get that perspective. Oh, Somebody totally. from Tunisia this morning. Oh, that's awesome. Like, there was something, yeah, it was I cool. hadn't seen that. Yeah. I would like to welcome, and I'm, I don't know his name right now, and I'm sorry, sir, but we just had someone join <laughs> oh, who right. is male. First of all, is male, which is always huge. <laughs> but he literally, in his notes, said, um, I was so excited to find this podcast and this group. 
because my wife and I watched Fleabag a couple weeks ago and my wife is tired of me talking about it. And I was like, who are you? Who's your wife? Welcome like, home. You know, what does this mean? Yeah, you might have words? a new wife by the time this is over. <laughs> now, um, so that was, that was, I loved hearing that. It just shows how universal Fleabag is. Yeah. One more thing I want to say on these Zoom calls, because I've also had some people be like, I'm so shy. I don't want to. On Zoom, you don't have to talk. In fact, we prefer you mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs> then we can hear everybody. Um, and you can turn your video off. So you literally can just sit and listen. Like yeah. just because it's called a Q&A doesn't mean everybody has to be participating. And in fact, for this one, we're asking people to go online again and submit your question ahead of time. We have a posted um, thread Pinned. for that. Yeah. Pinned thread for that. Because last time Allie and I were kind of monitoring the text, the chat for questions and it got a little hard to follow. Yeah. And then also hear the answer. So, um, so we are asking people to post their questions ahead of time. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I'm too stressed out looking at questions. I'm not even like hearing the answers and right. I want to, like, I, I don't want to miss that. Yeah, it's a purely <laughs> selfish request. Yeah, it's totally selfish. It's like, I just want to be able to enjoy it too. So. I, well, and also just so the guests feel like we're paying attention. You know, yes. Know. Yeah, not like um, scanning the chat the whole time. So yeah, if you have a question for Gary Donner, for the editor, for Jonathan, or just like in general, yeah. and you want to join this Q&A, just post your question in the pinned um, mm -hmm. thread. So it hasn't been scheduled yet. It was supposed to be last week. Gary apparently is working from home on something um, and is, that he's very busy on. So we're waiting for, to get the confirmation from Jonathan on the time. So join the Facebook group and keep an eye out for that. Yes. All right, we've been talking a long time. So let's, let's just hit these quickly. Cool. Streaming version of Fleabag Play has yes. been extended. Till June 28th, it's on Amazon Prime or through the Soho Theater website. Go do it. I'm really relieved because it turned into like a thing with my husband because I really want him to watch it and we keep getting interrupted and now it's, we have more time. Yeah. So you have to. And they've started, they've also started posting some of the, like on Instagram, if you follow Fleabag for Charity, kind of some of the payoff stories yeah. of where they're, they're getting grants to people and it's really helping. So it's really um, sweet. It's the a great people cause. that are, it's, you know, it's like five bucks, I think um to rent it for 48 hours and it's going directly to people that really need it right now so yeah uh the finale of run was last sunday yes vicky jones and bb's new show on hbo it was interesting it was um the ending was disappointing i'm just yes. gonna say it i just I, don't, yeah we don't have to give it away but i think it i think the premise was awesome and I think the music was awesome. I love the music was the, the best part. I think the music was also the best part, and not just because they played a lot of Lake Street Dive, which is like my top favorite band for life. But um, it, there was just something kind of missing the whole time. I would really love to hear kind of behind this because it felt like something. Like I'm kind of curious if it was something from HBO or yeah. the timing mm -hmm. or or what because it. it I almost wondered, like I said, like you hear about shows that get like noted to death for like, and, and HBO is usually pretty hands off. Yeah. Um, but it just felt like it got a little caught up in the plot and we lost a little bit of the character development because I found my favorite moments were the character moments. Yes. And part of me wished that they had been like more honest with each other up front, but I guess that was supposed to be kind of the whole point was that they didn't know if they could trust each other. Right. But um, then it didn't really, I just wasn't really rooting for either of them towards the end but I honestly I think um 
Phoebe's character and Detective Babe Cloud were the, like, just do a spinoff of them. Or just Babe to... Cloud. Like, I would watch that in a okay. second. That was the, de- without a doubt, the best part. I kind of agree. There was part of me that was like, why did we suddenly introduce these characters right at the end? And I guess, you know, it's unclear if there's going to be a season two, but uh, I had the same reaction. I was suddenly like, and and actually when they introduced Phoebe's character, I was a little bit like, maybe I was a little focused on the accent. Yeah. Um, and I, Because we just know what she sounds like. And so just as she was talking this American accent, I was like, this, no, no, well, this just, is not what you said. There's some British intonation of sentences, like of phrases, but they, yeah. that honestly, sorry, I just cut you off. But that was, I think that the show should have just taken place in Britain because mm-hmm. I think that maybe this, what felt weird was that some of, even like Merritt Weaver's character, who's, she's American, but she said some British phrases like, oh, go on and stuff like that. And it just didn't feel natural and it took me out of it. I feel like if they just straight up made it a British show and take place yeah. there, it might have clicked a bit better. That's fascinating that you said that. And even have her still be a maybe American. Yeah. Have yeah. Merritt Weaver's character be American. Yeah. Ruby. But uh, that's so interesting you say that because one of the highlights for me was the scene when um, Ruby's kind of just talking to, they're in the woods and she's talking mm. about her life and kind of the struggle of, you know, I got married, I had these kids and like, they're my babies, but also they're a lot. And because every mother kind of knows, understands that and doesn't get talked a lot about. And and I actually was, as I was looking at that monologue, I was like, no, this is really good. And then I noticed Vicki Jones wrote that episode. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, but she at one point goes, you know, whatever. She goes, but I'm also a brilliant mother and a brilliant wife. And I thought that I was like, an American would not say brilliant. Yeah. An American would say amazing. Yeah. <laughs> or, you yeah. know, no. or whatever. You're and right. when I heard brilliant, I was like, that is, that's British phrasing. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, kept I, hearing it from her. A little um, bit. Yeah. But the feet, um, I totally agree about it. And at first I was like, why are we suddenly rushing this Phoebe, this uh, Laurel and Babe <laughs> plot line? Yeah. Because it was a little, like, as soon as she opened the door, she was flustered. And I wasn't quite yeah. sure if we were supposed to think she was just an inexperienced cop or that she had a crush on her. And like, it, it felt like that was just written rather than developed. You know, like, in, yeah. like nothing happened that you went, oh, that she would be interested in that. It was just kind of like, the script says I'm supposed to have a crush on you, so I'm going to react as if I have a crush on you as soon as I lay eyes on you. Right. But their relationship was very cute. And um, I totally agree. I want to see a spinoff of just them. Yeah, same. It's called Run, Babe, Run. Okay, and this is where it got a little, makes zero sense. Here's where it also got a little, if you start to get too sticky with the plot. If she, first of all, she goes to stop the train with no backup of people she thinks have murdered somebody, stops the train, but somehow the train still makes it to LA and they get off. Yeah, and the, wouldn't they, uh, and wouldn't the they stop the train and, and question everybody and say, we are not letting anybody off this train until we talk to everybody? Yeah. That felt a little weird because I, I hadn't even thought that until somebody pointed that out. So they get off this train and then I won't talk about the ending. The ending was just a little abrupt. I, I, I exactly. I felt like we were racing against time and then all of a sudden it just fizzled out. Kind of, right. So um, we anyway, should have said spoiler alerts, but whatever. People. Yeah. There was a lot I loved about it. Me too. And I, and I think it had moments and I think like somebody said, it just shows like, you just try stuff and see what works and yeah and if, if they get a season two I'm, I'm sure they've you know learned a lot from the response so we'll see um yeah. see what happens there 
this weekend, probably maybe after you've listened to this, Quiz is on AMC in the U.S. Yeah. Which is Sean my, Clifford's miniseries. My husband um, texted me that this morning, and I was like, I know. <laughs> like, as oh, are you trying to tell me Fleabag-related news? That's cute. <laughs> okay, I feel like such a snob when somebody does that. They'll be like, hey, did you see the plays being street or something? And you're just like, uh, yeah. Well, I was just like, oh, so you're not listening to me because I already told you this. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is the best is when your husband tells you something you told him three days ago. <laughs> but no, I'm excited. I'm, I am really excited. It, it sounds fabulous. And um, I yeah. want to see Sean in that role. And yeah. Yeah, I just want to see Sean in a lot of roles. Yeah. Totally random side note. Could have Carowan's Instagram feed is just a delight. Yeah. He's, if he's anybody Anthony, isn't following yeah. him, he's Anthony, the hairdresser. If you don't follow him, sign him up now. Super cute, first of all. So cute. As they say, easy on the eyes. <laughs> but he's also been posting, like, he posted some really funny stuff about, like, I guess he feels like he's getting out of shape <laughs> while he's home. So he's been posting these, like, sexy poses. <laughs> um, but, like, the whole, like, purposely stick out his belly. It's just really, uh, he, really he, fun. I, Instagram's figured out that I, like, looking at his stuff so he's like always the first story like or like one of the first stories yes, I see exactly. and I'm always it's like I feel the endorphin I feel the buzz that I get yeah. when I see that he's up and I have something to consume yeah. from him it's particularly his stories that are very funny he did a yeah. funny one too where he was just walking around his apartment going oh sorry I didn't see you there and then he's like and then there's one where he's literally like on the toilet he's like oh sorry I didn't see you there I was just taking a shit or <laughs> something <laughs> you're just like oh my god um well and then talk, getting More. back to my andrew scott content's been a poppin like somebody literally last week was like i miss a new andrew scott content and everybody's feeling bummed about the baftas being canceled because well it actually baftas news they announced they're going to do a virtual ceremony hosted oh. by richard ayuade who i love oh. did you ever watch the it crowd yeah it was moss oh oh best. fine okay he's, so he's super funny it. um so they're going to do like a socially distanced virtual one and the nominations are getting announced June 4th, which is Thursday. Um, time is ridiculous. And June 3rd, Andrew Scott's doing like a, um, some kind of online acting webinar with, with Simon Stevens. Wow. That, um, that I don't know if somebody's posted that yet in our group. I know it was on the Andrew Scott group. Um, so there's that. Um, Seawall had been streaming for free. I don't know if you've seen Seawall. Have you seen it? I didn't, it? but I, it's on my, I mean, I missed the free thing, but whatever, I'll yeah. pay for it. It's five bucks. It's totally yeah. worth it. It's, it's worth a movie. It. It's like a short movie? It's a, it's a half hour okay. monologue. And it oh. was a play that they did at the Old Vic. I think, I don't know if it was part of a series of short plays or what, but he performed it live at the Old Vic, but then they did this filmed version of it. Okay. And it's, oh my it's God, just I'm him so in a bad. room. It's just him in a room talking to the camera. Oh, okay. Um, but it's, and it's this really beautiful monologue. Oh, amazing. Uh, and the video he did to announce that had been expended, they did a video of him oh. announcing that it had been extended and it was just like resplendent. Like that's a <laughs> word I don't use that often. But that's what but it is. He literally is just drinking the blood of innocence. Um, <laughs> and apparently it gets spotted every day out like riding his bike in London. Like every day there's a tweet. <gasps> Fine. Um, but somebody joked that he's just doing circles around his building just to get noticed. <laughs> um, but he did talk about like part of the reason they released Seawall is to keep the spirit of theater alive and like theater itself alive. And apparently the old Vic is possibly like in a lot of trouble Yikes. because I didn't know this, they're a nonprofit and they said like all of their, their um, 
operating budget is from ticket sales. It's like 75%. And so they're, um, I saw they're actually, they just announced that they're going to start doing shows from an empty stage, an empty old Vic that are socially distanced for the actors. And then you basically pay a full ticket price online to watch it Wow! and to try to just keep the theater going. And the first, one of the first ones they're going to do is lungs, which was Matt Smith and Claire Foy. Oh, they did. Um, last year and because it's just the two of them it's going to be like I think it's like an undress set and it's just like the two of them and I think it lends itself to it because it's just like the two of them talking to each other so another plug for that if you want to support the old Vic yeah that's exciting do that so in addition to that Andrew content the I did not see see well I did see several times because <laughs> it, uh, it's wonderful. Andrew did, Andrew Scott did a reading of the poem, Everything is Going to Be All Right by Derek Mann. I think, yeah. Um, I, oh, I didn't know. So it was for a series that Amelia Clark is doing? She, yeah, she, because I had seen an introduction because she posted it on her Instagram. That's where it got released. Oh. And I guess she said that in, in the quarantine, she's been kind of turning to poetry and that there's a book she's been reading that is a collection of poems for specific hardships. So it's like poems about grief. Yeah, like poems about grief, poems about loneliness, poems about um, anxiety or whatever. And so this was one of them. Yeah, and I forget what this (laughs) one was actually labeled under, but she just felt like it was a good, good message for now. And so I guess she's getting a bunch of different actors to read these poems. That's wonderful. It is, it is really heartening. And I'm trying to be really mindful and like intentional about it, of seeing how art and culture is still how it kind of seeps through despite all these challenges and the fact that we can't have it traditionally. It is a really beautiful thing to see how people are getting creative and making it still like affect millions. But yeah, Andrew Scott read this gorgeous, beautiful poem and he did such a phenomenal, I mean, he's just so good. Like, he's just so good. I like, yeah. It well, made me also- take a deep breath, which I needed. He clearly timed it because the poem has a line about being in the sunshine and he literally is like sitting next to a window looking up into like a, like into a sunbeam as if, right. he's been like, as if he's been like sent down from heaven <laughs> and or is waiting to like be called back. Not well, that sounds like he's going to die, but you know what I mean? Yes. Um, it's, it, it is. It's very, very nice. And another gift factory opening up for a lot oh of people. Yeah. But there was kind of a funny parody on Twitter. And I don't know who this guy is, if he's a comedian, but he did. It was in the same position. It was like Andrew Scott reading All Star by Smash Mouth. And it's him oh. in that kind of same, like, very earnest, to, like, kind of, you know, po- poetic tone. And it, it is pretty funny. <laughs> it, it's also just not even that it's like making fun of Andrew Scott. It's just more also of like imagining something with like lyrics as insipid as all-star right like cool being read so seriously (laughs) i have a funny story about all-star because i will and then we'll actually get moving um the whoever complained that our episodes are not long enough anymore will be very happy with this episode you're welcome um the no i when i had my 40th birthday party were you there i can't remember if it was Mm -hmm. I i couldn't go okay i couldn't remember if i'd known you long enough at that point yeah. So we had it, there's this, um, Emory University actually has this bowling, like small bowling alley venue that you can rent that has like eight lanes and then it's got like pool tables and a lounge and you can get catering and stuff. And so we did that for my 40th birthday party. 
And I had put together a playlist that you, I was just playing from my iPhone. And I purposely was doing like a lot of 90s, just like fun <laughs> music, yeah. whatever. So I put All Star on there because it's a fun <laughs> song. And so I remember my one friend, Leslie, shows up and uh, she was like, this place is great. Like, what is this? And I was telling her all about it. And then right then it's like, somebody wants to me. And, and then she goes, so like, uh, did they pick the music for you? How does that work? <laughs> and I was like, no, Leslie, I picked the playlist. I understand now that you hate this song. It's so my every- birthday. <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying it's a great song. It's, it's a fun song. Here's the thing. It is a great song. I'm just going to say it's a great song. And um, so, yeah, every time I hear it now, somebody, I just hear her going, so uh, they pick out the music for you or how does this work? Um, so uh, I'm judging you immediately? Okay. Yeah, so you you clearly didn't choose this. <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. Another quick, quick thing. Yes. Also that another... Um, Andrew video but it's also a great reason last Saturday was the fifth anniversary of the marriage referendum in Ireland mm-hmm. and there's a video of him talking to John Butler who is the writer and director of the stag and handsome devil mm. and um and that they were together that day in Dublin celebrating that mm. and so they were kind of just reminiscing about that day and what it meant for Ireland and and how emotional it was and um so it's it's uh, uh it's great to watch just to realize how recent that history yeah. is that just now that happened but the fact that it happened mm. in ireland and somebody pointed out ireland actually beat the u.s by a month yeah. and it was a public vote that did yeah. it the u.s had to have the supreme court have it happen. yeah but i remember you and i we had just started working together when that came down that was it was like june 15th i think it's coming up it's like in the next yeah i um that was like my second week of work and I didn't know anybody. <laughs> and I was like, like one of my best friends uh, was one of like, a, like worked and still does for freedom for all Americans and freedom for like whatever. It just was, I was so emotional and I was just sitting at my desk, like crying and I didn't know anybody. And I was like, I don't yeah. know what these people, what like their deal is. I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like, I felt like insane because I just was like so overjoyed and I didn't, I, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and I think I remember because it came out on like a CNN email or whatever. And I think I popped up and I was like, whoa, or something. And like, and then I remember you and I at one point were like, yeah. And then, I, yeah, you're right. You were like my saving grace. I was like, okay, someone cares. I think I popped up and was like, did you guys see this or something? Yes. And then you and I were just like, oh my God, I wish we could like go somewhere, which in retrospect, we should have. Right. I think we should if, have I had, just, if I'd known you more than a week. If I, it, right. If this if happened this today, yeah. you and I would have left to go drinking. Yes. And because um, uh, I remember, I mean, yeah. I was so happy. I remember I literally posted on Facebook. <laughs> I was just in all caps. I'm like, let's all get gay married. Like it just made <laughs> me so happy. It doesn't even make sense. Uh, I just remember being like, I can't believe this has only happened today. <laughs> the whole time, I just remember being like, this is so amazing, and I, I can't stop crying, but, like, it's fucking 2015. Yeah. Just being so thankful it finally happened, but... Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. I think we finally got through the notes. <laughs> Anything else that I'm... Uh, I'm sure there's something huge I'm forgetting. There's lots, but that's... And who knows what will have happened by the time we actually get this on. I know. I, yeah. I, right. Well, one quick thing I'll say, and maybe it'll, whatever, but thinking about how quickly, it has only been five um, years since the U.S. 
you know, since marriage equality became the law and like mm-hmm. Ireland and all this other stuff. And, but think how quickly now it's so normal and yeah. it's in many areas of the U.S. I mean, we live in a city, whatever, but I think it's, it's getting to be more and more normal. And so it is a good thing to remember that like, it can take a long time for change to happen, but right. it do, we adapt pretty quickly and like things will, you know, progress happens. It doesn't seem like it does. It seems like it's 1968, but. Right. You little, know. you hope little by little and then. Yeah. Hopefully more lot by lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, when people's lives are on the line, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Fleabag? So on that note, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about The Scriptures, Season 1, Episode 6. Yay! All right, so... We're ready to dive in season one, episode six of the scriptures, um, which is just basically the sex exhibition. Yes. I still love the end of episode five, just the line, see you at the sex exhibition. <laughs> so we're starting with um, an arsehole guy's bedroom. Yes. Page 163. Page, yeah. And bag hands on against a wall is having sex with arsehole guy. He's being really, quote, sexy. Which again, it's like in quotes, it's like everything's a performance. Yes. It's and not nothing, authentic. There's nothing sexier than when you have quotes around sexy. <laughs> That's how you know. He's being so-called sexy. <laughs> yeah. And then this direction of he is trying to navigate the sex by taking her from behind, but it's clearly not sexy and she looks distressed, which is kind of uh, troubling. I, I think if you're trying to navigate the quote navigate the sex you've got a bigger problem like i just don't think that's how sort of by design yeah unless you paid unless you paid for that specifically yeah um yeah it's it's a little it's just i think all speaking to this trick of hers has is not working anymore yes and it's just phoebe's so good at putting into words what what we are seeing on screen and feeling in our cringy chests and then one thing as i was watching the episode while i was looking at the script and i mean whether this was just an interpretation by ben aldridge or if they changed it while they were doing the scene but the line in the book says um you know they're having sex and he goes look at me i want to see those tiny things again (laughs) and which is again it's like they're not even there um (laughs) but it makes it sound more like look at me like turn around because i want to see see your tits but in the when you watch the episode he actually just looks down at himself and goes look at me (laughs) almost like look how hot i am like look at me doing this um look at me having sex with you so i don't know if he just improvised that or like i said it was his his interpretation yeah that's Um, really funny i hadn't caught that yeah i hadn't either until i was watching it look at me oh you're so good you like prepared so well i can't even do that i'll do that with season two any excuse to watch it again right um and then where do we jump to 164 or just that little cutaway i just kind of love that little cutaway of fleabag smiling at the memory of boo because in a way it's unnecessary but it's just like kind of grounding you again of like she's thinking about this and it's maybe she's even having a happy memory yeah for a change yeah it's nice but then um so page 165 they're talking about the boy who was put in juvenile prison for pencil fucking 
<laughs> the hamster. <laughs> and Boo, the direction for Boo is like, Boo, genuinely upset for the boy, which is like, um, Well, and in a way, kind of have to emphasize that she's being genuine because Fleabag's so sarcastic all the time. Yeah. So like to really clarify, like she really needs it. Boo does, bless you. Thank you. Everybody heard me. That adorable sound you just heard is Allie sneezing. I mean, I tr- I was like, I'm recording, make this like minuscule. <laughs> it's like uh, a guinea pig sneeze. <laughs> Those are when they like shoot themselves across the room. Um, or is that just the baby panda? I, th- I think I've seen a guinea pig do it though. The, the baby panda was the one where the mother like jolted away. Yeah. Like she Delightful. got scared. Yeah. Delightful. Oh, so then like they're flashing back into our school guy's bedroom and Fleabag smiles with a slight sadness. Um, and and then ca- it's like, yeah, go ahead. To camera with a, with a sadness. Yeah. And it, it, it like, well, you said. It's like a log line for the series. Right. Like slight Fleabag sad- smiles to camera with a slight sadness. Right. Like there's other emotions come and go and she's trying to put on a face, but the sadness is kind of there. Yeah. Underlying. And then she, again, this little cutaway as they're telling the story of her saying she was a surprising person when she, when her reaction was about the boy, not about the guinea pig. And I just think it's like acknowledging that there's little switch in the scene where you expect that she's upset about the hamster and that's good. Yeah. About the hamster. And I don't know. It's just, I, I like it. I like it. I really like that line. She was a surprising person because I think it reminds people that you can be surprised by people. Like, I just think there's, it's nice to have that. It's like the people make mistakes. They, it's just like, give, give them the chance, give them a chance. Well, and that's what makes these characters so good compared to other ones where nobody's just a log. They're not just a log line of this is who this character is. They actually have shading the way a real person does. Totally. And it's like what you said. Yeah, like Phoebe, it shows how great Phoebe is with trusting the audience to follow her. Because mm. you, like her saying she was a surprising person isn't necessarily the most obvious reaction, but you can like, you're with her as she connected those dots and went there. And I thought that was really cool. All right, so now 166. Yes. Boo saying people make mistakes. And Boo looks innocently at Fleabag. She means that. Yes. Again, emphasizing that Boo is entirely sincere. There's nothing cynical or sarcastic about Boo. And how refreshing. And I wondered, like, when they, she goes, you know, Fleabag lies in bed thinking about this. Like, why is, obviously the pencil kind of sparked this memory, but is it also, like, is she trying to kind of forgive herself or she's reminding herself that Boo would forgive her? Yeah. Yeah, like, and yeah, why that memory at that time? Why is she, like, letting that, happen because you would think seeing the pencil would also just be a sad memory of like oh i've lost this person but also then remembering the context the content of that conversation yeah it's almost like again like she was a surprising person like oh at first i was just sad but now i'm remembering what something she would actually she had actually said and maybe what she would say to me right now yeah which is that people make mistakes yeah that's really nice too yeah Aww. Mm, love boo oh she's boo. so good yeah, but then back to arsehole guy <laughs> being the worst you can't yeah i was gonna say you can't quite go Ugh, but he also he's a little Ugh. maybe he's just like martin is ugh, u-g-h yes and play arsehole guy's a little like eh, <laughs> martin yeah. is uh 
And yeah. and Arsenal guys, eh. <laughs> like Let's just, just make these sounds for forty more minutes. <laughs> he kisses his fingers and places them on Fleabag's lips. She kisses them awkwardly, mm-hmm. which again could go a lot of ways. And it was just the way he kisses. And then I like he leaves them there, and she doesn't do anything because she's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he like nudges her her lips with his fingers. Pushes, yeah, kind of pushes, and then she's like, like kisses them real quickly. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> real weird because it's also like how the fuck is she supposed to know what he meant by him putting his fingers there exactly. yeah is it like be quiet is it like yeah yeah is <laughs> her face like i don't know what's happening right now <laughs> so then they get to this exhibition yes he's laughing charmingly yes because everything and he does is charming i love that um every what does it say there are lots of pretentious people being greeted by godmother and dad <laughs> just right off the bat let you know <laughs> Um, oh, God. And then when when grandmother asks if it gets boring, people telling him how gorgeous he is all the time, and he it says in the direction meaning it uh, a little, like just everything with him is face value. I know, and he laughs charmingly because everything is so charming. He's just so damn charming. Just ex- exudes the charm. So now is sticky badge what the British term for name tag? I guess so. That That's what I sense. would call it. I guess it wasn't technically yeah. a name tag. It just said here to help. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we would even so sticky badge seems like it should be the American term too because I don't think we have I don't think we have a just a tag I feel like we'd just be like here's your sticky stick tag I just made that up that's not a real thing yeah sticky badge but we get some more more of like the eccentric pretentious people it says a crowd of interesting looking people with eccentric outfits stand around godmother oh wait we skipped a couple things though oh Oh. so she puts the, the badge on her and what's not in the script because it just says she puts a godmother puts a sticky badge on flea bag that says here to help godmother takes a drink off the tray what's not in here that i'm assuming olivia coleman added is what she puts when she's like sticking on she gives flea bag a little push she like gives the badge a little push like to put it on which kind of you know recalls the end of episode five when they when she pushed her so it's just a little something but it's very polite put a little push yeah, and, and, and then, also, like, I have the power here. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that she's making her be a waitress. Ugh, oh, my God. On top of all still, of it. I still can't for that one. So here, this is, because then Fleabag, it says, Fleabag looks at arsehole guy, not sure how to handle the situation. He takes a drink off her tray and walks away and le- leaves her. Not even walks away, specifically phrased as leaves her. Yep. Because it's true. She's looking for an ally and she has nobody. And they're, she's just laying the groundwork for, for the end of this episode. Oh, I love which it. Which is why the priest means so much in season two, and especially his actions at the dinner because with, with, with uh, Martin yep. and, like, standing up, because she finally has someone on her side. Yep. Who's there, like, sees her point of view, and it's awesome. It's very, very gratifying. Oh, that's why he's the best. To, uh, I know. Yeah, but, so um, now the, cra- the crowd of interesting, quote, interesting true again another quote interesting looking people with eccentric eccentric outfits stand around godmother and i love that um well it is like it's like oh here here's a prelude to like all the collection her like pokemon collection of interesting people at the wedding yes (laughs) but it also Um, felt good to see it being written out like yeah no we no this is a thing godmother collects all these people and they are weird and eccentric and artsy right. and by extension you're supposed to make her better Exa- that is that's her the thing. more interesting that is exactly the thing 
Um, and then just all the sarcasm in the directions for Godmother. Because when she's giving her introduction to the crowd, it's so sweet, so humbled. And <laughs> you know it. it's it's the opposite of Boo, where she has to like tell you Boo's being authentic here. And it's like yes. everything we know everything about Godmother is sarcastic. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Yoshi. Oh, hi. I, I have him in that? here Yoshi. because Yoshi's got something to, to say. He was gonna be quiet. He was he's been quiet this whole time because what happens when I when we record up here we have to put like pillows on the stairs so that he can't go mm -hmm. up and then he like he gets all stressed out so i thought we would try and have him in here so, but i think he he'll be okay. had a lot of he heard talk of godmother and he was like i'm gonna say something he's like i know wow. um yeah also like what the fuck was that that was one bark anyway he just he was moved <laughs> so we're, we're just gonna leave him in he's part of it now he was moved to speak by the spirit that's what i mean right it's perfect then we so now what we've got her talking about oh so uh, this isn't oh and then just this line about the bidet of course that bidet of course is exhibited like of course why wouldn't it be <laughs> how would she so she saved it from the time she was 11 like when they, she moved out of that house she's like by the way i'm gonna need that bidet of course of course a change from the script in the book she gestures to the empty pedestal first and then explains that the piece was stolen and Lee and then says a woman robbed. In the actual show, which I think works better, she mm. tells the story first and then gestures to the statue, to the empty space. Mm. So I don't know who made that change, but uh, it's a good one. Yeah. And I do like that the crowd is described as applauding lightly in a very British way. So impressed and moved. <laughs> like, it's like, it's it's just sketchy when you have to be so explicit about how impressed and moved they are. <laughs> yeah. It's like so performative. I just love, it's as if, like you said, it's as if Fleabag is reading us these stages. Yeah. Stages. It's like an extension of her. Right. Yeah. And then I also, for the first time I noticed when I was doing notes that um, when she's talking about, you know, a woman robbed, she says, a few weeks ago, one of my most delicate pieces was stolen from my studio. And I didn't notice that she said, I don't know, I just hadn't thought about that she said delicate, but it's like, the statue doesn't look that, it's like a fucking metal whatever statue. It doesn't look like delicate. So is it the sculpture is delicate or the woman? Or she's trying to make it sound even more, you know, the statue even more vulnerable mm. that it got stolen. It was so delicate. That's a good point. Like how dare, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it is an interesting specific choice of word. Yeah, because it's not how I would describe that, you know? Right. Um, yeah, like if she's saying women are delicate or just that, I think it was just meant to be a dig of like, who would, who could possibly right. take this delicate work? Right. Now on page 170, I just really would love to see the look on Jonathan's face the first time he read, interior, sex exhibition, wall of cocks, gay. <laughs> like that's just a phrase that's here. <laughs> And normal. Just a normal scene heading in any script. I love it. I hadn't noticed this, and I'm not sure if it's intentional, but again, watching the show, and she leaves Claire the voicemail, and she's saying, I'm very much here waiting for you. And there's a pause around waiting. She literally, someone puts a glass on her tray on the word waiting. So it almost like takes on that double meaning of like, she's literally waiting on people. <gasps> and waiting for Claire to arrive. Damn, girl. So tiny, but it helped. It's yeah, that's good. I That was right over my head. That's fun. I wouldn't have noticed if I... Whoops. My headphones are starting to... Oh, no, can you... 
I can still hear you. I think it's just warning me that they're. We're oh, fine. they're running out of battery. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're just going boop a doop. Um, oh, gotcha. And then just the the way she phrases the reveal. Yeah, reveal in all caps. Reveal yeah. the art piece is a wall of cocks. I love it. So good. And that Fleabag, that Godmother's awaiting her review. It's like, did she make this just to shock Fleabag specifically? That's what it seems like. Like it. See, that's like you know, she says it's about power in her introductory, like in her introductory speech. And it's like, look, I can make you look at your dad and ex-boyfriend's penises. I own, like these men in your life, I own the most intimate parts of them, you know? Right. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And then Godmother says, have you found your father yet? And Fleabag says, oh yes, I think he's by the coats. Cause it's always about the coats. Back to the coats. Always with, always with the coats. That's a good point about, yeah, that it's like these men from her life. Uh, so gross. So then with on page 172 and there she and Arsenal guy are outside talking, she makes him repeat the word erection, which part of me is like, <laughs> I know. But I feel like it's like she's just gotta get her digs while she can where she can. And it also contrasts with what with Godmother saying, like, I don't believe people always think about sex when they see a naked body, whereas Fleabag's just like thinking about it all the time, especially when she's just I mean, he walked into that one, like right. Yeah, I mean, she saw a dog and was like, mm. I, I know. Um, another LOL on sexy plank. It's just a funny <laughs> line. And a, and a K sound, plank. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Better. It's plank is funnier than board. He had Absolutely. Like a sexy board, you know. Um, so then page 173, I'm just noticing as you go through, like, there's just lots of real emotions from Fleabag. Like, it's, we have, like, Fleabag is stunned. Fleabag is embarrassed and stunned. She glances at the camera, tries to laugh it off. Like we're we're starting to get these signals now of like she's breaking down. Yeah. Meanwhile, our soul guy, like you said, is just continues to be quote charming as hell. <laughs> I know. Never charming as hell. Never wear padding, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, ugh. Right, it's so pretty. She's got these right. big bouncy tits that do nothing for him. And just like the idea that it's so charming for him to like tell her how to what to do with her body yeah he's kind of a hot misogynist himself yeah absolutely <laughs> um, so then we see she sees the statue of harry that is life-size and has no genitals well the penis was occupied that's true it was over on the, the wall the, I, the, I the really penis was meant for more i feel like we need to get more detail from jonathan on the process of making this I and what, what well, i think he said thing. somebody had to go to like a sex shop and grab, like get a bunch of- Oh, books. no, no. I meant the life-size Harry. Oh my God, of course, yeah. sorry, yes. And Hugh Skinner actually having to be in plaster. Right. Like, we might need to try to get that story from Hugh Skinner too. I, ooh. Yeah, ooh. add him to the list. Yeah, love it. So then right. we meet Elaine. Oh my God, I love this description of her. Yeah, she looks like the sweetest person in the world and is wearing a lovely floaty dress. <laughs> I love it, I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I guess she looked fine. <laughs> She's just wearing like a sundress. Just I think like it's just person. supposed to be Fleabag feeling like everybody yeah. around her is just so much lighter and airier and happier. Yes. And um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and again, Fleabag giggles awkwardly when Harry gestures to Elaine who is being floaty around Godmother. <laughs> I floaty. love, I love that. Something about that really gets me. Oh, and then when uh, Godmother goes over to Elaine and says, hello, darling that the fact that everyone knows Harry's life but Fleabag. I know. Like her family somehow has 
stayed in touch with him and probably like him more than her. You know, when people joke, like, if you guys get divorced, we're keeping him or whatever. Right. I feel like that's actually the case with them. Like, they would much prefer to keep Harry than keep yes. her. Yes. Just Harry with the, uh, when she's trying to, like, be flirty with him and saying, like, well, you have some stuff at the flat, your Tupperware, your TV, and your dinosaur plate. And of those three, he's like, oh, I got a new dinosaur plate. Like, don't worry about me. I'm all set on dinosaur plates. Right. Like, oh, like, whatever the Tupperware, whatever the TV. <laughs> yeah. I replaced that dinosaur. I went, I registered at, uh. Exactly. Because you know what? Also, Tupperware is fucking expensive, and I never really knew that. But I went. This is a very 2020 thing. Another example of like shit does change eventually. But I went. My mom's best friend has a friend who's a drag queen who does Tupperware parties. Wow. What is her name? It is oh Cassie Aunt Cassie Roll. Love it. And so I did a Tupperware. A Zoom Tupperware party with Aunt Cassie Roll, like, the other night. And it was delightful, but Tupperware is fucking expensive. It is. That's amazing. That would be a Tupperware party I'd actually want to go it to. It was so fun. It was actually so fun. That's really a smart bit. That's really smart. Isn't that right? Because she's really it. good at it, and she, like, has all the stuff just like any other yeah. Tupperware party. So she's showing you, but she's, like, a character, and she's a, a comedian. Yeah. She's like, Hysterical. So yeah, it was oh fucking God. great. I know. Go Brilliant. buy go buy Tupperware from Aunt Cassie Roll. Everybody. Aunt Cassie Roll. I love it. <laughs> so then this there and it's scripted here. This um sex exhibition main gallery. Fleabag is pouring a drink for a male guest. He smiles at her. She smiles back. He leaves. And it's such a just a quick moment that Harvey's like, is this just setting up atmosphere? But I feel like it's two things. It's like, well, you we each had one. I was like, she's fucking trying. Like, Godmother has put her in this awful position, but yeah. she's like, um, she's still going to serve guests. She's still just kind of, kind of go with the flow and she's just going to fucking try. Yeah. And she's also um, fucking trying to fuck. Because <laughs> it is a little like, oh, he's cute. Because she does kind of like, as he walks away, she does a little like eyebrow raise. Like, oh. Yeah. Like so there could be something there, yeah. but then there, but he leaves her too. She's grief stricken. She's not dead. <laughs> Yeah, he just, uh, right. And it's almost like maybe in a different scenario, she might have found him at the end of the night. But then we know how this party ended. Yes. Claire shows up. Claire is awkward, but being strong. But is she being strong? She's trying to be strong. She's pretending to be strong. Right. Fleabag looks like she's been hit by a train. They go to get grandmother, who brings a tray full of champagne to Fleabag. So now it's just all really starting to hit the fan yeah it's god isn't this this episode is just a fucking masterpiece well and i say this later but like i'll say like as you read it i said it's it's because it almost like when you're reading the script it's scripted almost like an action scene like you're cutting between these different things and the flashbacks but it's all emotional action it's and it's it's another yeah. magic trick she pulled off where you're like nothing is technically happening like she's just kind of running away from the camera looking and like a bad actor would make that look painful, like really right. overdone. Right. But yeah, it just keeps you hooked. It, um, absolutely. It just, the spring is getting. It's getting, exactly. Sprung? I don't know. What's the Coiled. Thing? Spring's coiled. coiled. <laughs> I was like, wait, Chrissy, <laughs> finish my sentence. I don't have a way to end this. <laughs> spring is. The spring is sprung. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> This is why I write, because I need time to <laughs> think about how to finish my sentences. 
so she hands me back the tray. Let me see. Uh, I like even just thank you, darling. Like everything, Ugh. she just you know to the bitter end. So now clicks I jump her. ahead. To, clicks her fingers. Got another. Clicks her fingers. Which to come, for her do to come British over. people not say snap? I think they say click because again, on one of the Andrew Scott groups, they there's a lot of talk about how he he snaps a lot, but oh, they call yeah. they say clicks. I like his clicks. But what is interesting is when she's talking with dad later in this episode, she says snap oh. to him. Like, cause he says like, I don't know, we're going to talk about it in a second. Oh. But she, like as like, and I always like, thought, oh, when, yeah, like, oh snap. But she says snap, whatever. Oh. And I always thought, I mean, maybe we need to look at the etymology of <laughs> the word snap, but isn't that an interesting, I mean, maybe it was just like an Americanism yeah. that, that traveled. But Maybe. to me, it's like, oh, snap. Like, it's because of your snapping your fingers. Like, right. it, you know, anyway. Yeah. Eh. Uh, someone correct us on yes. Facebook and tell us. Please. Uh, but so she clicks her fingers for her to come over. I know, like, just, because we've talked about that before. It's almost, you know, it's so bossy and whatever. Yes. It's such a Carmela Soprano move. <laughs> it, it says, dad looks embarrassed, which I don't know that I've really been looking at him in that scene before. So I think... He knows. I know how, I, he seemed uncomfortable. Like he, he knew right. it was. You know, he knows weird. Godmother's not being cool, but he's, you know, he's torn between who he's supposed to be siding with. Yes. Even down to when you know she's threatening to drop the, tr- you know, the glass, and he's like, "Don't." And then when she drops the entire other tray with her other hand, that's such a oh, good misdirect. So it gets me every time. It's it's a classic. I mean, it's just so well done. And when Fleabag's saying, you clean that up, and says, dad looks down in despair, godmother stands beside him. Mm. So you're just also feeling his, like, even though the this, this scene is really between godmother and Fleabag, he's such an essential part of it, too, because... Yeah, and he's stuck. He's just stuck in that moment. Yeah. Well, so godmother, I love that, that now you see godmother turning on the acting. You know, like, she yeah. looks at her steely, like she has a resolve. And then, and then the direction says, then decides to play another card, which is a, a lo- like, it's a game. Yeah. And she gets weepy and her bottom lip shakes a little. Oh, fuck off. But it's kind of, I feel like we don't, a lot of Godmother's direction has been like charming and sweet and gentle. And you mm-hmm. just to yourself know that it's kind of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. But this time the direction's like kind of admitting that right. she's like fucking with everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's and it's such a gaslighting move of like yes. it's so passive aggressive, like, oh how could you da- how dare you? Like, so that when she goes fuck off Flea now, dad's mad at Fleabag. Right. And then even when he gives the whole thing about I deserve to be happy and Godmother's eyes harden. Like it oh, it's like, oh. I know. Oh, and this is even the stage direction says, Godmother, gently to the end. I'm sorry you had to hear that, but you did have to hear it. Ugh, um, total gaslight. Such a good um, performance. Yeah, 180, 181. And 181. Oh, so now this is Claire confronting Fleabag with mm. Martin, who's there to help by doing yeah. nothing. Help what? But just the line when she's telling her, like, you know, he says it was the other way around. This is not easy for Claire. Fleabag is crying. Yes. So and here's my... Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Well, I was going to say, if even be, at the beginning, Claire says parentheses gently he didn't try to kiss you like she's like i'm telling you that what you perceived is wrong but at least i'll be gentle about it 
my question is kind of like with the statue where in season one they didn't intend that the statue was the mom they came up with that in season two at this point had they intended that claire did believe fleabag and mm. is just now kind of doesn't want to you know tank her life the way she talked about and is now just going to pretend martin's right and or was that a decision that came up in season two that she always believed fleabag because it kind of changes the scene here if it's like if if she's you know that that's why it's hard for her because she knows the truth but she's just doing what she has to to kind of keep her life status quo yeah i don't know that's a good question and then i when she brings up boo which we talked about this before the fact that that fleabag was entirely honest with boo i mean with uh, claire about boo yeah like that's it's like oh well you did have a relationship like that okay but we stay on fleabag she can't believe claire just said that and then this is where we get to all the flashbacks and the reveal. Oh, God. And like I said, this like kind of almost like emotional action sequence. Yes. And I'm so curious how the original scripts were written out. Like, I'm, you know, we, we've said we, we're not really sure like how, what the order of events is. Like, did, how much did Phoebe do to the script after, or to is the script? transcript. Thank you. I, again, I can't speak right um <laughs> i'm just so overwhelmed with it's obviously an edited yes final. yes yeah. so i just wonder how they laid that out because i mean it's definitely i'm sure gary donner the editor had a lot to do with it mm-hmm. but like i wonder just how that montage was like planned initially you know exactly exactly um again she backs into the coat rail coats, coats. i when they describe jack in, in the flashback and it says Jack is looking at Fleabag, licking his lips there, and it says there is want in his eyes. Yep. In the play, she literally explains he wanted me as the reason she slept with him. She kind of repeats that over and over. Like, why would I not? He wanted me. Mm-hmm. So I thought, even though he never says that, she doesn't give that monologue in the show, in the series, but the fact that she included that in the stage direction, I thought was um, interesting. Yeah. Like, how could I not? He wanted me. He wanted me, right. Right. Um, Also, is it just me or is Jack clearly the initiator here and the one who should be feeling fucking racked with guilt? Well, there you go. Instead of playing uh, shoe salesman. That's the female position. The stage direction says, we see the same shot as earlier and realize it's Fleabag undoing jilts. Jack's belt buckle. And I think, yeah, we haven't been included in the stage directions as much. Like it says, we but they're acknowledging that we all have the realization together. Cause that's mm-hmm. right. Like I think some people probably figured it out. I don't, I didn't, you did, you know, like it, that is a collective. We mm-hmm. are re- like realize what the big secret was, what the real, you know, story is. And then the flashback to boo crying in the description saying she's trying not to get angry. She wouldn't get angry. Mm-hmm. And wondering is that Fleabag thinking back on that memory that like she wasn't angry because she she wouldn't do that, but it's like is it just also that's her forgiving nature and she or is it Boo telling herself like I'm not gonna get angry I'm just sad yeah um, lots of yeah things. yeah I don't know like how you wrote I want to know I want to know I think I need to do a video edit I don't need to do a video you edit, do but um. <laughs> of phrases that we all now say differently because of Fleabag. My, fu- my husband said, I want to know like that, like the other day, like people are saying it. Cause somebody else was saying that somebody brought up Japan and in their head they went Japan. Oh, like, 
So then the one more thing that's like really inconsequential, but you, it's this wide shot of Boo as Bicycle whizzes past her. And then it, when I read that, I was like, oh, well, Claire, when they were in the sex exhibition and Claire arrived, she's, she just said, we're just going to do a quick whiz around. Mm. Everybody's whizzing. <laughs> okay, so page 185, it's when Fleabag walks up and she sees her dad and it says, it's dad, he is crying. I have never really focused on the fact that he's crying here. Um, and like, why is he crying? And when you watch it again, you do see there's a little sob when he's got his head down. I always, and yeah, I always, I was just like, felt like he's upset, but it didn't seem generally. so, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, is he missing? I mean, it could be all of these things. Is he missing his wife? Does he feel like he's failed his daughter? His family's falling apart? Or that his daughter failed him? Why does he have a daughter like her? What did he do wrong? Yeah. Could be all of that. Yeah. Um, I like the way it says he looks up, sees her coming, but he's been rumbled, so there's no point running. It's, that's like, that's a poem. That's good. It's like the scene in the kitchen when she comes in and he like looks for a way to run away. Right. <laughs> I, where's the salt? About her. <laughs> Just the to... salt. And then they're talking about how they're similar or whatever, and he goes, you've got the same lines on your forehead as me. Here's the thing. No, she doesn't because her skin is fucking perfect. <laughs> When you even look at the scene, she goes, thanks for, you know, fixating on it with this, like, gorgeously smooth forehead. She could not look prettier. Like, oh, okay, sure. Like, yeah. Pippa Woods, could you at least just, like, paint a few lines on her forehead and make us think she's supposed to have wrinkles on her forehead? <laughs> right. 186. They both wipe their noses on their sleeves at the same time. I never caught this. And it's right after yeah. they said, like, we're not the same. And it's, like, Super cute. Oh, and yeah, and then 187... It's, uh, you know, they're talking about grief and Fleabag asks, like, do you ever think about mom? And it says, B, they connect for a moment. Well, they do, and they, they're connecting finally because they're both being vulnerable and acknowledging their grief instead of running away from it. And that makes them both realize, like, oh, we actually both are feeling this way. Yeah. And actually, I think more so Fleabag learns that. I think the dad recognizes that of course she mourns her friend so when she's like do you just because he's with godmother doesn't mean he doesn't miss his wife right so when she says do you miss mom and he's like well do you miss your friend it's almost like of course i miss her right like duh but he hasn't communicated that because he can't fucking communicate anything right exactly and then it says uh so when we see dad the direction on dad saying weekly he says i think you should go because well it's so disappointing you know it's like that's another the roller coaster of Fleabag is like they yeah. they shoot you up and you're like okay we they had a moment they're connecting and then they just it all crashes down yeah because Fleabag is described as so disappointed and then dad can't look her in the eye right so now we get the sequence where she's walking and I love that she twice uses the exact same stage direction which is Fleabag is in the same clothes she is tear stained yes and then later when she's in the cafe She's in the same clothes. She is tear stained. Uh, and then we get to the outside. Very important British American <laughs> question here. Fleabag is standing on the curb. K-E-R-B. Is that how British people spell curb? Uh, apparently. Because we would say C-U-R-B. I know. Not, this looks like curb. That's how I'd say it is. That's I'm very curb. I'm very curious yes. about curb. Yeah, it just looks wrong. I mean, I'm sure they probably came up with the word first. But they probably did. <laughs> and I we stole like, it. <laughs> but they spell pajamas with a Y, like P-Y. Right. That was new to me. Yes, ditto. So you learn. So she ditto. builds herself up, steps towards the curb, 
<laughs> builds your confidence. So I, I guess, are we supposed to really think she is about to step in front of a car? Because then it even says she builds your confidence, but this, um, oh, a, a car drives up. She builds your confidence, but the car slowly parks. She looks disappointed. And then it realizes it's bank manager. So are we supposed to think she intended to step in front of this car for it to hit her? And now she's disappointed that it actually came to a stop. That's, I've never, I mean, I need to watch it again, but I never quite got that impression, I don't think, from the show. But this, the script really makes it seem like that, that she's seriously considering pulling a boo. Right. Or even the, maybe even just to be in her shoes to see what she experienced. Mm. and maybe also thinking she might just get hurt I don't know but although I mean, at I some could, point it's like could you you need to learn a lesson from that <laughs> right <laughs> you like, need who, to know but I guess in her mind there's nobody left who would actually feel sad right um so I think it's maybe intentionally unclear but yeah and then the bank manager looks at her <sighs> earnestly through the window to see I know her. looks earnestly up at her I just like sobs <laughs> So now the stage director says bank manager is standing awkwardly in the cafe, which is so true. Like he's not sitting at a table or le- even leaning on the counter. He is literally just standing in the center of the space, which I feel like as an actor for Hugh Dennis to just like have the confidence to just exist in that space. And even, I think his hands are even just kind of down at his side. Like he just literally is like, I'm just here and I don't know what to do. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then even yeah. after she gives her whole speech, it literally says he doesn't know how to deal with this. Right. Which is interesting. You wonder, is that like just her perception that he doesn't know how to deal with this? I mean, I felt like he didn't, I feel like if we're trying to like get into his head, he knew that he should just listen and and comment. Cause she's saying, you know, I fucked everything. I fucked it into liquidation. I fucked my best friend. Like she's being really honest with this guy. Uh, And he at least knows just to say, did like, did you? Like, right, okay, right. but I feel like maybe he didn't realize what he, that he had power to, like, help the situation until he walked to his car and saw the folder. Mm. Like, so you think he was actually intending to leave and then thought of, I'm going to come back? That's, I think so. I, that's what I'm going with now, at, at this point. Yeah, because it's, I mean, the whole scene is kind of an inverse of him kind of confessing at the silent retreat. Yeah. So, yeah, he does kind of know to just shut up, even though he's not explicitly being told to. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I think maybe... I can't tell if he's trying to decide, like, I'm just going to make this a surprise or instead of just saying, like, I'm going to go get something out of my car. I'll be right back. Instead of making yeah. her feel like she's leaving, he's abandoning her. Right. But I think that's obviously intense. But yeah, maybe he did think when he, oh, my AirPods just died. So that's why the sound changed. It just went back to my regular mic, but we're almost done. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it is. He didn't know until he got out there and thought, look, look let me do this. Yeah, like, oh, there's something I could do. I do love how Harry Bradbury, like, just holds that shot while you see him go out to his car. Because then it's like, we stay with her. We're kind of still in her world and her perception that he's just abandoned her. But then we quickly know something for a split second that she doesn't, which is that he's coming back in. Yes. We don't know why, but we can understand her, simultaneously feel her despair that she's alone again with the hope of, like, knowing that, he's about to come back yes that and that's like the only time that we know something she doesn't mm-hmm. really quickly which i thought was really interesting too right so then page 191's last scene i like to it says he's now being very official <laughs> i know i love that 
which sounds like Fleabag again, to even talking about the doctor, like we're all yeah. grown up about this. Yes. Like that's like self-awareness or whatever. Well, and it, it also speaks to this idea of like people playing roles. So obviously they have now connected in this pretty deep way. Um, but now they're going to go back to pretending they're strangers and that she's just, they're meeting for the first time. And Yeah. But also what a gift that is for what he, he yeah. gave her that gift of being like, okay, you were honest with me. You told me some legit, you know, some real shit, mm-hmm. but he, here's some relief. Like, let's, let's just like, you know how to act in this situation. Right. In a, in a it's like a back and forth business decision yeah Yeah. i'm gonna relieve you i'm gonna give you an escape route from this depth that you're in right now we're gonna go back to a superficial conversation which is actually similar to the last conversation with the priest when he makes the joke about see you on sunday it's the exact same thing yes we're both giving each other a little bit of an escape valve here that we're gonna go back to like the superficial yes you guys i have to tell you this is you just heard a prime example of Chrissy's extreme talent at saying things perfectly. You're just so good at like saying, I can't even say what I want to say about how you say stuff. (laughs) You just synthesize and sum up information so well. And it is a joy to watch. Oh, you're so sweet. Some people call it um, obsessive (laughs) where my brain will just put it on repeat. Um, No, it's very sweet of you to say. I appreciate that. I'm trying to learn. I'm, I'm, I like, I'm trying to like actively learn from you in this way, but I think I, I don't even know how to learn it. I think I just have to be exposed to it. Young grasshopper. Thank you. I do. To be fair, you're also drunk like 80% of the time. It was something the other (laughs) day. I was trying to get Allie's help writing something and it was, we were texting back and forth and it got to where I was like, we should just talk this through. So I call her and she was like, I was debating whether to pick up because I'm a little drunk. <laughs> For the record, it was like a, what? It was like a Friday night. I think it was like, like it was like a Friday it night. It was a weekend night. If it were noon, I wouldn't have cared. I'd yes. probably be drunk too. I just loved the honesty. It made me appreciate the honesty of our friendship where you could be like, here's the sitch. I'm a little buzzed. Well, because I, 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 it was like a weird you know, it was not a big deal situation, but it was like a phrase. We had to figure out how to phrase something. And usually I'm like, okay at that, but I knew that I just wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> it was just also very sweet that instead of you being like, Chrissy, fuck off. We don't need to do this at 8.30 on a Friday. Let me have my night that you actually, well, like, I will engage with you in this wordsmithing that nobody gives a shit well, about. Well, we had to do, I wanted to figure it out. It was fine. Anyway. anyway. Um, I, you know what? I used Thank to you for the compliment so is what I really should say. How about I just be fucking grown up and say, thank hey. you for the compliment Allie's an alcoholic <laughs> you know what i did not used to drink this much but pandemic pandemicking def- <laughs> you're so right <laughs> this compliment with my throwing Allie under the bus <laughs> that's how Brene tells you to do it <laughs> um, there's a great inside amy schumer sketch have you seen with, with oh, them all like this group of women exchanging compliments oh god yeah they all are basically they're like i love your hat it's like oh it's it's a piece of garbage i found it in the trash like it literally is garbage <laughs> and then it's like oh that coat's so cute oh my god it was so it's like so old and i don't even know where i got it or whatever <laughs> and then at the end some woman comes up and they're like oh that's a nice scarf and she's like thank you and like literally all their heads just explode <laughs> like oh you um, just 
accepted yeah compliment somebody just compliments <laughs> compliment so i'll do my paloma face thank you Allie. thank you you're welcome oh uh, okay. all right okay. we have like one note left we one thing so basically this last scene the very last line of the stage direction says fleabag looks at him he looks at her they smile at each other which these actors are such fucking geniuses because this sounds so simple but the scene is so poignant mm, absolutely i like if someone handed you a script that ended with they smile at each other you'd probably be like well this is extremely late like this oh this is like such lazy writing like fuck <laughs> this but it's so instead it's absolutely magical and like means so much and is exactly the way it should have ended you know <laughs> yeah. like you picture like a freeze frame like smile <laughs> and then like maybe like a little drum like and then you go into the credits <laughs> Someone, and I don't have the talent for this, someone needs to do the, like, edit of Fleabag as a, as a sitcom. Oh, my God. That like was, a laugh track? With, like, a, but even, or just the open, the opening mm. sequence. Starring, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I saw someone did it for Shit's Creek, and it was Shit's Creek, but it's Dallas. <gasps> and it's the Dallas open, but with all the Shit's Creek. Someone oh, did it for Law and Order. They did uh, Shit's Creek as Law and Order. Bum, and it's bum. brilliant. Anyway. That's really funny. Also, right. Chrissy. Oh, go ahead. Were you going to compliment me again? <laughs> no. By all means, the floor is yours. I learned my lesson. <laughs> and then I'll tell them about your drug problem. I know. It was a Sunday night. No. Um, Everybody does a little coke on Sunday right? night. It's a pandemic, guys. <laughs> Everybody does a little blow right before bed. Oh, God. Anyway, right, what, what were you going to say? No, I was going to wrap up, but I realized you had some other, something else to... No, add. I didn't. Oh, well, never mind. Anyway, you know, if you didn't realize, Phoebe's a good writer. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like I said, it was actually in that, that um, webinar she did with Jonathan about when she said, like, she felt... Because they were kind of, like, surprised to hear she doubted her writing. She's like, oh, my God, all the time. And, like, you're just never sure if people are going to respond to it. And then she also mentioned how she would like hearing feedback from people because Jonathan, she said that Jonathan had like the first time he read it or at one point told her, he said, I really feel like a central theme of this show is her relationship with her dad. And she was like, I kind of hadn't thought of it that way. And I hadn't, and she oh. was, that kind of gave me a new perspective on how I should write the dad. And so, you know, she goes, it's just collaborative and like hearing people's, hearing people's response to things then informs the next draft. And, yeah. and that she just was like, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Whatever. But Hearing her say that, I was just kind of like, you know what, Phoebe? Thank again. I sound like Paloma Faith. Thank you, Phoebe, <laughs> because, like I had said, kind of trying to make a similar point on that Q and A with with Jenny Robbins, and she's like, well, actually, season episode one of season two, she just wrote so quickly, <laughs> like she's actually a genius. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm relieved again that Phoebe is a human being. Also, yeah. and I said this on the group, a great thing about that webinar with Jonathan is that leaving a zoom call is as awkward for phoebe as it is for the rest of us <laughs> so there's that awkward half second where she's like bye and then it's like where's the button and like you see right. her she's on some kind of touch screen because like maybe she's on an ipad and like you see her fingers like come to the camera <laughs> turn off the zoom <laughs> like they're just like us have you noticed zoom moved the because i i had made a joke at one point on facebook on my personal facebook that I was like that half second between clicking leave meeting and then having to navigate to confirm that you're leaving mm -hmm. the meeting was the longest half second of the day. 
especially as other people are leaving. And one of my friends was like, it's a nightmare where my face just gets bigger and bigger because the people are <laughs> leaving. And I noticed Zoom changed it now where the, the leave button shows up right above where the, you click leave, the confirms. Yeah. Right Thank fucking God. They figured that out. Yeah. And the, oh, that's a good point. I actually hadn't even realized it, it changed. But anyway, watch the web and you, literally there's a half second Phoebe going, okay, bye. And she's like, where do I press? I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, how do I leave? <laughs> oh, God. Well, Chrissy, how do we leave? let's wrap this up. How do we leave? We're on to season two. We finished season one, series one, whatever. And I would like to add that there's another cute little guinea pig on the cover page of season two. And it's so cute. Love it. It's just cute. So we might actually take a little bit of a break before we um, start season two. Not that we've been like cranking these out at like rapid speed, but um, you know, it's we, just to give ourselves a little bit of a breather and then um, but yeah, we'll be back with season two, episode one of the scriptures. And in the meantime, you can always email us at the fleabag situation at gmail.com or find us on Facebook like we were talking about and um, see what, you know, Q and A's and stuff come up. And then our Instagram is at Fleabag Situation Podcast, and our Twitter is at Fleabag Podcast. And they are delight. Chrissy does all the social media, and she's having, having hilarious. Fun. Oh, thank you. So Emma. enjoy the. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, what I basically do is find other successful memes and then apply <laughs> Fleabag to them. Yeah, but they're so good. Uh, it's been um, it's been a lot of fun. So um, and we even have kind of a couple of other ideas that maybe we'll together while we're on our little break yeah it's our summer break it's summer hags june is here i, I remember this everybody's like when will this end <laughs> i just remember um that when back in march reading that we would probably be in this situation quarantined until july feeling like i remember like literally a chill went through my body and i was just like oh my god that's so long and that if we didn't like two million people would die and I was just, I literally was just like, I cannot believe this is real. And um, and now here it's June and I'm like, wow, I am in no hurry to go anywhere. That's I know. Terrible. I remember feeling kind of validated at, when that happened because I, you know, my anxiety just skyrocketed. And so I was just like, good, yes, stay, just, I know. just stay. Just fucking, just don't. Well, we <laughs> feel that way. Georgia being Georgia. Well, in a lot of places like June 1st, a lot mm -hmm. of orders are expiring and people like pools are opening up next week, bars and clubs are opening in. Which, and that's the other thing going back to those protests. Cause Alan and I were saying this, this year is just so, this really is going to be one of those defining years when people talk about like 1968 or whatever, yep. because now I'm worried all these protesters are going to get sick. I know. And it's the communities that are, are already. I, exactly. But that's part of the reason why they were out there because exactly. they've been so shit on. It, so it consistently all interconnects. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. Well, and they were saying that's why they are risking it because they know there's a bigger thing at yeah at stake. Right. And, but I was and just people need between, to listen. Between like we already had the election, which was going to be monumental because of who's there, mm. and then now you have the pandemic happening right before the election and the pandemic is going to influence the ability for that election to take place oh and by the way our post office is going to be bankrupt <laughs> post office is going bankrupt <laughs> because the president installed... is has a personal war against it for arbitrary yeah. reasons he installed his own postmaster general so i'm just and then now 
like the protests and the racial thing. I was just like, what else can happen in this year? Well, and on a don't ask note, that question. Well, and on a funny note, because you were talking about TikTok. Yeah. Oh, yes. We're recording of this woman who did a TikTok where it was like, you know, it was one of those where she shot each side of it as herself. You see her jump in and she goes, I'm a time traveler from the future. What year is this? And the woman's like 2020. And then she goes, 2020 during the quarantine or during the zombies? And the woman's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, at this point, I wouldn't put it past us. Like, sure, sure. God. That sounds right. But anyway, I'll just be <sighs> in a corner. Like, the world will end. I'll just be in a corner. As long as I have battery power on my iPad, I'll just watch it. <laughs> right. And we'll all be bubble. fine. We'll stay in our bubble. No, you know, it's, it's, it shows that we need art and we need things Absolutely. to distract. And it also fills you, this art and this, this entertainment fills you up so that you can do the hard work of one surviving also learning and educating yourself to be anti-racist and to understand the inequalities that are institutionalized in our country in our world there's no way to top that so we will end on that note and i love you Allie. love you chrissy we love all of you we love all of you thank you you're one of the things we're grateful for and absolutely keeping us um keeping our heads up during all this so Yes. And know that we are thinking about you and we hope that um, you all are staying safe and staying healthy. And we will see you very soon. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. I didn't want to come. And I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. Uh, my cousin is an Atlanta City police officer. And my other cousin, East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers, down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta, that even after becoming police, had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are, 80 years later, I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment. Because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad.
as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better. Right now, we don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. And as I sit here in Georgia, Homer Stevens, Georgia, former vice president of the Confederacy, white man said that law, fundamental law stated that whites were naturally the superior race. And the Confederacy was built on a cornerstone. It's called a cornerstone speech. Look it up. The cornerstone speech that blacks would always be subordinate. That officer believed that speech because he killed that man like an animal. In this city, officers have done horrendous things and they have been prosecuted. This city's cut different. In this city, you can find over 50 restaurants owned by black women. I didn't say minority and I didn't say women of color. So after you burn down your own home, what do you have left but char and ash? CNN, Ted did a great thing. I love CNN, I love Cartoon Network, but I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. Stop making people feel so fearful. Give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. I'm glad that they only destroyed some brick and mortar and they didn't rip a father from a son. They didn't rip a, fa a son from a mother like the policeman did. When a man yells for his mother in duress and pain and she's dead, he is essentially yelling, please, God, don't let it happen to me. And we watch that. So my question for us on the other side of this camera is after it burns, Will we be left with charred or will we rise like a phoenix out of the ashes that Atlanta has always done? Will we use this as a moment to say that we will not do what other cities have done and in fact we will get better than we've been? We got good enough to destroy cash bonds. You don't have to worry about going to jail for some petty. We got smart enough to decriminalize marijuana. How smart are we going to be in the next 15 or 20 years to keep us ahead of this curve? So that much like when South Africa suffered apartheid, you had Andy and other politicians that could make sure that Atlanta said, Coca-Cola, we love you. But if you don't pull out of South Africa, we're going to leave. We're not going to drink Coca-Cola anymore. Coca-Cola jumped on their side and apartheid ended. So we have an opportunity now because I'm mad. I don't have any good advice. But what I can tell you is that if you sit in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot, plan, strategize, and organize, and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your senses so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. 
you got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail and you know it was bullshit, put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that pulls marijuana through? Now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. I love and I respect you. I hate I don't have more to say. I hate I can't fix it in a snap. I hate Atlanta's not perfect for as good as we are. But we have to be better than this moment. We have to be better than burning down our own homes. Because if we lose Atlanta, what else we got? We lose an ability to plot, to plan, to strategize, to organize, and to properly mobilize. I want you to go home. I want you to talk to 10 of your friends. I want you guys to come up with real solutions. I would like for the Atlanta City Police Department to bring back the Community Review Board, one that Alice Johnson was formerly under, under Chief Turner. We need a review board before an officer does some stupid shit. We need to get ahead of it. That's my recommendation to my mayor and my chief. Let's get a review board. Let's get ahead of it. And let's give them power. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. We don't need a dumbass president repeating what segregationists said. You start looting, we start shooting. But the problem is some officers black, and some people going to shoot back. And that's not good for our community either. I love and respect you all. I hope that we find a way out of it because I don't have the answers, but I do know we must plot, we must plan, we must strategize, organize, and mobilize.